You don't have to be a marketing pro to grow your small business. With Constant Contact's suite of email and digital marketing tools, now including SMS, you can build customer relationships that drive big results. Constant Contact's marketing platform makes it easy to automate emails, text offers, grow your list, run social ads, and so much more. And with data at your fingertips, Constant Contact takes the guesswork out of marketing. Start building, expanding, and nurturing your customer base today. Go to ConstantContact.com to get started for free. Welcome back to the Great Unsolved Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis, and this week we are going over the case of Nicole Betterson, a two-year-old who disappeared from either Dearborn, Michigan where her grandparents last saw her on December 25th ish of 1977 or shortly after around January 5th of 1978 from Las Vegas, Nevada, where she moved with her father. If you don't already follow the podcast on Instagram at great unsolved pod on Twitter at great unsolved, and you can search great unsolved on Facebook and find our Facebook group and our Facebook page. If you search Alexis Rubrik on YouTube, you will find videos of me talking about cases, and they are generally the cases that have been done on the podcast or I will be doing on the podcast, but if you prefer watching a video, you can go check those out. I will be posting those every week, so there you go. Also, be sure to check out Infinite Intrigue Pod. It is a podcast I do with my husband. We discuss oddities and conspiracies and cryptids. So far, we have talked about ghosts, the Wendigo, the Titanic conspiracy, pyramids, and we started on ancient aliens now. So if that is something that interests you, go check it out. Without further ado, let's get into the case of Nicole Betterson. This case is one that's super interesting to me because she most likely went missing around December 25th-ish of 1977 from Dearborn, Michigan, or shortly after on January 5th of 1978 in between Dearborn, Michigan and Las Vegas, Nevada, or from Las Vegas, Nevada. There's a lot of unknowns in this case, so we will get into that, but... Let's just jump into the case. Nicole Betterson was a two-year-old biracial female. There's not really many like reports on her height or weight, and I believe it was either on the Charlie Project or the Doe Network that they said it was completely unknown, but the other one of those two stated she was two foot seven inches tall and weighed 26 pounds at the time of her disappearance. We all pretty much know how big a two-year-old would be, so just around that size. Her eye color is also unknown, but her hair color is reported differently. On one site, it says black slash white and then black, and then on another site, it says brown. So dark-colored hair, at least. In September of 1977, about three-ish months before Nicole's disappearance, Her, her mother Susan, and her father Jarrett, which I believe it's pronounced Jarrett, it is J-A-R-R-E-T-T, were in a car crash. Jarrett was driving and he lost control of the car 
and it said that the car spun, rolled multiple times. Apparently, Susan was thrown from the car and was pronounced dead on the scene, but Nicole and Jarrett both left without any bad injuries. There's nothing really saying what their injuries were if they had any. I'm assuming they had some cuts and bruises at least, but nothing to where they needed to go to a hospital or were in critical condition. Police did start an investigation, and they found that Jarrett had marijuana in the car, and I believe he possibly was high at the time of the crash, but that isn't really reported anywhere. Just assuming if they were so set on looking at the marijuana that was in the car, he might have had telltale signs of being high at that point. And because of this marijuana being found, and the reason I believe he could have been high, is the police wanted to charge Jarrett with vehicular homicide. However, they were unable to. It said that the investigation was kind of sloppy, so they never charged him with anything. Soon after Susan's death, just a side note, Susan and Jarrett were not married. They were still just boyfriend and girlfriend at the time of her death. Soon after her death, though, Jarrett began dating a woman named Barbara Sadler. And about three-ish months after Susan died was the last time that Susan's parents, so Nicole's maternal grandparents, saw their granddaughter. It's said that in the months after Susan's death, Jarrett wasn't really around. Apparently, Susan's parents were just taking care of Nicole themselves, and Jarrett was just dating Barbara and doing other things at this point. However, around Christmas time of 1977, Jarrett and Barbara went to Susan's parents' house and stated that they were going to move west and they were going to take Nicole with them. It seems from some reports that they kind of just showed up, they weren't scheduled to come, and maybe Nicole hadn't seen her father in a little while, but they came, they said, oh, we're moving and we're taking Nicole with us. They said they were leaving Michigan, and they told some people they were moving to Las Vegas, Nevada, and others that they were moving to California, so it was kind of unknown where exactly they would be. Barbara did talk to Susan's parents, supposedly, and stated that she would take good care of Nicole, and she would love her like her own child, things along those lines, kind of to reassure the grandparents that Nicole would be taken care of. But this was the last time that Nicole's maternal grandparents, Bill and Mary, would see her. It's said that Bill and Mary and Jarrett were kind of at odds with each other. Jarrett says it's because he was African-American and stated that Bill and Mary were racist, but Bill and Mary state that it was actually because Jarrett had, quote, lured their daughter into a lifestyle of drugs, end quote. I don't know if they're referring to the marijuana at this point or harder drugs, but that is a quote from Susan's parents. So 20 years pass, and we pick back up on this case in 1997. Nicole should be 22 at this point, and Bill and Mary hire a private investigator to go look for Nicole. They figured she's an adult now, she's old enough, maybe she'll want to have a relationship with us. If not, we... They just really wanted to check in with Nicole at this point. It does seem kind of odd they didn't reach out before, but if them and Jarrett 
were not really on speaking terms. I guess it makes sense. They figured Jarrett wouldn't let them talk to Nicole anyway. So they waited until Nicole would have been 22 years old. This private investigator that they hired was able to locate Jarrett and Barbara, married and still living together, in Las Vegas, Nevada. They were both in pretty bad health and lived in poverty. It said their house wasn't in the best area and it wasn't kept up well. And Jarrett was in a motorized wheelchair, he says, from a bus accident that happened years before. And we would later find out that Barbara was taking medication as well, pain medication, other medication. So it seems she wasn't in good health either. This private investigator found that there was no evidence of Nicole and there was no evidence she even ever lived in Las Vegas, Nevada. She was receiving social security benefits from her mother's death. I believe there's something called orphan benefits. When a parent dies, you receive social security from that. And these social security benefit checks had been religiously picked up every month until Nicole should have turned 18. This was the only evidence of Nicole even existing after leaving Dearborn, Michigan in December of 1977. But it was always Jarrett picking up the checks and supposedly cashing the checks, so there wasn't much to go on here. Because of this, the PI that Bill and Mary had hired contacted the Las Vegas Police Department and asked them to kind of look into this. So Las Vegas police started looking at any records they could. They looked at school records, identification records, driver's license, court records, adoption records, and they found absolutely no trace of Nicole being in the area. So in November of 1997, a detective from the Las Vegas Police Department just thought he would try his hand at getting some information from Jarrett and Barbara. He showed up to their house and stated that he knew exactly what happened to Nicole and it would be easier for them if they just confessed now and told him everything. He said the charges would be much more lenient if they confessed to him now. If they didn't, he threatened to put them in front of a grand jury. However, this was obviously a lie because he had no information on where Nicole was. Regardless, it's stated that... Jarrett seemed notably nervous after this meeting with the police officer. Jarrett told the police officer he would reach out within a week or so and talk to the officer. Four days after this meeting, he called the police officer, or the detective, I guess, and stated that he needed more time. He needed a few weeks to try and set up a meeting between the police officer and Nicole. Ten days after this call that was four days after the initial meeting, Jarrett called the police officer again and asked for more time. Obviously, the police officer couldn't do much, so he agreed. A little while later, it said after Thanksgiving, so end of November, this detective reached back out to Jarrett and Barbara, but his calls went unanswered, there was no voicemail, and he never got a call back. A few weeks later, Jarrett and Barbara were found deceased in their home. It seems when the officer had been calling them, they had already been deceased because it said three weeks went by since the date of their death to the date of their discovery. The first thought with investigators on the scene was that it was a murder-suicide. Jarrett had shot Barbara two times in the heart while she was laying in their bed. 
and holding a Bible and a cross. After which he made the bed and placed a red rose on her chest. He then went into a separate bedroom, put a blanket over him, and shot himself in the head, successfully killing himself and before him, Barbara. After a little investigation, this is now believed to be obviously still a murder-suicide, but more like an assisted-suicide-suicide. It seems that both of them wanted this, so it wasn't just Jarrett killing her and then killing himself. This information kind of came from a letter that Barbara had sent to Jarrett's mother about three weeks before their bodies were found. The couple had not talked to Jarrett's mother or seemingly any family for the past 20 years. So when they left Michigan, they kind of cut all ties with Jarrett's family, Barbara's family, and Susan's family. The letter that Barbara wrote said this, quote, by the time you get this, we should be dead. Jared is about to go to jail, and I don't want to live without him. I'm sorry about living apart from our family. I'm sorry about so many things. We've had a sad and difficult life. Go to your Bibles to see peace, and please forgive us for all the wounds we have put in your hearts with our tragic and youthful blunders. We had hoped our troubles would never touch our families, so we kept to ourselves. We've tried to follow God, now it's about time for him to judge us, end quote. This letter was accompanied by a $900 money order that was stated to be for the couple's cremation, and Barbara stated in the letter or some other time that she wanted them to be in the same urn. The only other thing found at the couple's home was a note on the fridge apologizing to their landlord about the mess that they made. But there was no suicide note left at the scene, and... There was really just nothing stating why they did this or where Nicole was. To this day, there is no trace of Nicole. She has never been found. It seems her body has never been found. And there's no records of her after leaving Michigan with her father and Barbara. An investigator in the case said this, quote, It may forever remain a mystery. The only people who can solve this mystery may be dead. Their secret may have died with them, end quote. So we're not looking at a very optimistic case here or anything of that matter. Let's get into the theories. All of these theories surround Jarrett, Nicole's father, and Barbara, Nicole's essentially stepmother now, being responsible for the disappearance of Nicole. It is worth noting before we get into theories that there was no belongings, no sign, no pictures of Nicole found in the couple's home after their death. There was just nothing showing she ever existed in the first place. The first theory is murder. This is said to be the most likely theory by police and pretty much everybody who looks at the case. We're going to talk about a specific investigator detective in the next two theories, but he also said something in this murder theory. He said, quote, perhaps she was fussing on the trip west and attempts to quiet her turned tragic, end quote. So police right here are kind of theorizing that maybe it was an accidental murder and she was just not settling down in the car ride from Michigan to Las Vegas, and they tried to settle her down and killed her, which is kind of a cop-out, but I think police generally do this. Generally, we see it in cases where people are alive because they're like, 
well, if we can get them to confess to this, we can build evidence showing that it was not an accidental death. Perpetrators are more likely to confess to an accidental death because they believe, oh, that's what police believe. It's going to be a lesser charge than if they find out what really happened. The perpetrators in this case, or the perceived perpetrators in this case, were already deceased. So it's kind of odd, but it could be a theory. It could have been that she was accidentally killed and they covered it up, fearing that they would get in trouble. Like I said, there's no evidence that Nicole ever made it to Las Vegas and really no evidence that she ever even left Michigan. No one living around Jarrett and Barbara in Las Vegas remembers Nicole, remembers seeing Nicole, so it's most likely she never moved into that home. It also seemed like Jarrett didn't really want to be a father. I mean, after Susan died, he just left his daughter with the grandparents for months and then just came back and grabbed her. So... It just kind of seems like maybe he didn't really want that responsibility, which could point towards him taking her to get the social security benefits and then getting rid of her so that their freedom or whatever wasn't stingent on taking care of this child. It kind of seems like Jarrett didn't care for Susan or Nicole all that much. Right after Susan died, it seems he started dating and he was ready to move halfway across the country and start a life with this woman after only dating for a few months, right after his previous girlfriend, the mother of his child, passed away. So the theories for murder are either it was an accident on the drive or they purposefully killed her so that they could keep the social security benefits but not the child and maybe got rid of her body on the drive from Michigan to Las Vegas. It's a pretty big drive, lots of places that they could have hid a two-year-old's body. Another theory is that Nicole was sold for drugs or just sold for money in general. An officer or a detective with the Las Vegas Police Department believes that this could be a possibility. With this possibility, he believes it would have happened in between leaving Michigan and arriving in Las Vegas, since there is no record of her in Las Vegas. He said, quote, she could have grown up with another family, another name, never knowing her past, end quote. And that's probably going to be the most optimistic theory in this case. We know Jarrett had marijuana on him when the car crash happened and Susan died. So maybe he needed money to buy more marijuana. And Susan's parents also believed that he got their daughter into a life of drugs. They never really stated what kind of drugs. It wasn't known if it was marijuana or if it was a harder drug, which when we look at theories of people or children being sold for drugs, it's generally something harder than marijuana. When Jarrett and Barbara were found in 1997, they were found to be living in poverty. So maybe at the time of the move, they also didn't have a lot of money and they sold Nicole in order to get enough money to complete the move. This could mean she is still alive somewhere, or it could mean she was still murdered by whoever took her. If you're selling a child to drug dealers or traffickers or something along those lines, not the most trustworthy people to leave with a child, so they absolutely could have killed her. Whether it was when they got her or much later in life, we don't know. The most optimistic theory, I know I said that for the last one, which 
if she's still alive, the last one is an optimistic-ish theory. It's better than murder. But this one is the most optimistic. And this is that she was given away or an illegal adoption happened. Which could still mean selling her, but it could mean it was to a couple or a family that wanted a child and would take care of a child and just couldn't go through normal adoption routes. It's difficult to adopt children. It's also extremely expensive to adopt a child through normal channels. So maybe they had enough money to take care of the child, but they didn't have enough money to pay so many fees, legal fees, other fees, that the most plausible option for them was an illegal adoption. However, this could still mean that Nicole was placed with a family or a couple who wanted children, which means she probably would have been taken care of well. The same guy who we read a quote from for the selling for drugs theory and the murder theory believes this is a possibility, probably unlikely, but still a possibility. However optimistic this theory is, it could still mean that she was killed. We don't have record of her. We don't have possible sightings, which I guess possible sightings would be difficult. We don't know an eye color. We barely know a height and weight, and the hair color is all over the place. And she would go under a different name. So she could still be around not knowing who she is and be with a different family, but there's just as much plausibility with the idea that she is now deceased. If you think you may have any information in this case, please contact the Las Vegas Police Department. I believe this case is still open since they found no trace of her. And really anything, any small thing could help. Thank you for going over the case of Nicole Betterson with me. Once again, she was a two-year-old that disappeared from either Dearborn, Michigan in December of 1977 or around January of 1978 from Las Vegas, Nevada. There have been no sightings of her and no record of her being alive after December of 1977. If you don't already, follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Great Unsolved Pod, on Twitter at Great Unsolved. And you can search Great Unsolved on Facebook, find our Facebook group, and find our Facebook page. You can search Alexis Rubric on YouTube and find case videos there, as well as it is linked in the Great Unsolved link tree. Thank you again, and have a great rest of your week. Welcome to Vast National Bank. How can I help you? Hey, I'm here to talk to someone about a loan. Oh, I'll grab you the L97B. <laughs> we call it the just talking form. What about actually applying for a loan? Oh my. Let me pop in a new toner cartridge. Hey, Bill. I want to pass me the big stapler? Yeah, I'm going to try a community bank. Skip the mega bank. When you need a loan, find a community bank at banklocally.org.